grab a cold one, heat up those wings, and get ready to fire up your engines. Fire up your engines. It's Fanside on RaceCanada.world. RaceCanada.world. With your hosts, Cam K and Graydon Bunn. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Fanside on RaceCanada.world. We are we are really excited to welcome the voice of the NASCAR Pinty Series. Adam Ross is on Fanside. Cam K, Graydon Bunn here. Uh, Graydon, what a cool what a cool way to start the uh, the Fanside uh, week uh, uh, out here with Mr. Adam Ross. Yeah, welcome in, Adam. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, good to see you guys. So happy to be here. So uh, I just want to start off, uh, we've obviously got lots of questions for you, but I just want to say thanks, um, first off, because you guys at uh, GeForce uh, this summer were were on the ball and provided, you know, a lot of content for us racing fans who weren't able to get out to the track. And for me, I don't know about Graydon, but to be able to see series that I'm not able to see regularly, the Oscar hot rods, which, whew, man, we got to talk about those are, that's yeah. easily going to be my favorite series, I think, in all of Ontario going forward. But uh, definitely, I want to say thank you um, for showing the APC late models, Oscar sports, or is it sportsman, uh, sportsman series, I believe. Um, yeah, the Oscar modifieds. Yeah, the Oscar Modifieds. Um, Super Stocks, Super which is stocks. not Oscar. Yeah. Um, Oscar Hot Rods. There, there was a lot of great racing, and it was a lot of fun. And I, I appreciate everyone who has said thank you. Have you ever been thanked for something, and you feel really awkward about it because <laughs> you know that you were so fortunate to, to be able to do it in the first yeah. place? Yeah. So, so I, you know, I appreciate the thanks, but it's like, oh, my goodness, thank you you guys for watching and thanks to the promoters for 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 opening their gates to us and letting it it was just a perfect storm of things i don't think anybody came ahead this year uh we probably us at g-force we we it created a great opportunity uh i wouldn't i wouldn't do this year over again for any amount of money it sucked excuse mm-hmm. excuse my language um <laughs> I, I wouldn't want to do it again, but yeah. the fact that we got to get some racing in and everyone made little sacrifices to, to do what it is that we love to do. Uh, and it still wasn't the same, but it was better than nothing. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, anyhow, lo- long answer, short answer long. And, uh, <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> it, it was an absolute situation where like the old adage, make uh, lemonade out of lemons kind of thing. Um, it's not something that anybody really wanted. Definitely from the race fan perspective, we wanted to be there, um, but it, it it was neat. And it is cool to have um, these options available as race fans that we can take in some sort of racing, despite not being able to be sitting in the stands. Um, and I, I guess in a way we had, we thank you for your vocal talents because uh, your signature voice calling some of that racing action, that kind of made it feel a little more normal uh, uh, than usual. Or, or uh, it made it feel usual, let's say that. Yeah, no, and, I, and I appreciate that. It's, uh, it, it, you know, and I've said this time and time again, I don't like listening to myself. 
I'm really glad I've got Greg Kalman to work with and Clinton right. Jeffrey and yeah. Dave Bradley, all good. the people that I'm so lucky to work with. Uh, I enjoy listening to them. And as long as I'm talking, I'm not listening to myself. <laughs> it's, it's very strange. I love the work that I do and I'm proud of the work that I do. But even, even when we watch Pinty's races on TV, I'll sometimes turn the volume down um, <laughs> or just leave it up so I can criticize myself. It's, it's terrible. It's, it's cruel what I do to myself. <laughs> uh, you do have some pretty deep roots in racing. Uh, vintage Modified Racer uh, 95, I think you, you started. Um, 99. 99. Well, that's pretty neat. Like, uh, you... You've lived and breathed it, and um, and now you're you're synonymous with the the series we love most. So, uh, kind of talk a little bit about uh, your your racing roots, Adam. Well, let's let's go back to the beginning. My parents met at Oswego Speedway in New York. So, <laughs> my dad had owned race cars that ran at Flamborough Speedway. Terry Kitchen drove for him. Jim Thompson drove for him. That was when he and a, a bunch of buddies put cars together my mom had been involved owning race cars down in central new york where, where she was raised awesome. so i was raised in a racing family um working class folks dad worked at cayuga speedway still uh, when we were young so I, I was brought up around the racetracks now some people know some don't i i'm half american half canadian mm -hmm. i spent a lot of my childhood in new york Mm -hmm. And I'm going to tie this together. So went to a lot of races at Oswego, Rolling Wheels, Weedsport, Syracuse. What all those places have in common is uh, an announcer named Jack Burgess. Jack Burgess, his voice just went right through you. Like it filled you. It, it, it filled your whole soul listening him to introduce guys like marvelous Merv Trichler and jumping Jack Johnson, Warren Conium at us, Oswego and the, the supermodel magic shoes, Mike McLaughlin. Nice. It, they were, the, the racers were larger than life and he made them that way. And, and I, I've never, no, it could be because I was eight years old, nine years old, but, but I always, held race car drivers like i revered race car drivers yes and, and, and yeah. jack burgess helped me do that he helped bring it to life in my imagination and uh i don't know maybe it would have been different had i had i been at tracks that, that didn't have one of the best announcers of all time i don't know but but that's what got me started and, and i'll never forget like it just he made it feel so good that's a great memory. I mean, that's, if, if that's what it is that lit your spark to do it, I mean, it, so be it. I mean, there's, there's always like a memory that someone associates like an aha moment where like, that's where it hooked me. And, and if that was it for you, I mean, look where you are now and, and we all get to enjoy it. So that's, that's awesome. It, it was, I'll tell you a funny story. I don't know Jack Burgess personally, but I think he used to drink a little bit. <laughs> and, uh, which, which could probably help your voice if, if you think about it. But I remember a night at Oswego. There's a fine like, line. Exactly. <laughs> we, we try to keep balance. Mike McLaughlin drove the Z8 super modified. Warren Conium at the time was driving the Doug Duncan number six. I forget who was leading the race because it really doesn't matter. Um, Warren Conium was hounding 
Iconium was it was in second. The race was going on. It was a 50-lapper. The whole race, Jack Burgess was calling uh, Warren Conium Mike McLaughlin. He thought it was Mike McLaughlin about to take the lead. Somebody must have elbowed him up in the tower because with two laps to go, Warren Conium took the lead. Out of nowhere comes Warren Conium <laughs> without correcting himself. He saved the day and saved his bacon. <laughs> Someone must have. But it's funny that things, half the people there that night probably didn't notice, weren't listening. Like they, they weren't there to take in the show in the same way as an eight or nine year old kid would. But the, the things that, that you remember, the things that resonate with you, everyone's different. Mm -hmm. um, yep. Everyone's got a different way of taking it in. But that, that's what I grew up on. So. Uh, Warren Conium, and I'm not sure if you're familiar, he's a Canadian Motorsports Hall of Famer, great super modified racer. Uh, among other people, got us interested in go-kart racing. Our, uh, my parents were good friends with them, and uh, we started racing go-karts, and, and that's when I got behind the wheel and back in 1989. And uh, we just carried on from there and, and never got away from the racetrack. It was just a great place to be. When was your growth spurt? How tall were, or how long were those cars? <laughs> I I folded myself into a go-kart pretty, pretty good back in the day. But yeah, I raced one year. I was under six feet tall. And then for the rest of my career, I was six and a half feet wedged into a little go-kart. Yeah. <laughs> well, obviously, you know, starting out in go-karts, it's, it's, it's very similar to what we hear a lot of racers starting out in. And you know, in the Bunsan segment, you had talked about that you, you race until you ran out of money. You know, given that opportunity to talk, what were your, you had to broadcast and be an announcer, how was the, how were the nerves for your very first uh, race that you announced? I got broken in really slowly, guys. And, and the first night, it was a Schwiegen Speedway opening night, whatever year it was. I, I, I want to say it was 97. I, I don't remember and I was standing with Glenn Styers, and there was a sportsman wreck. Guy McPherson, the throttle stuck on the front straightaway, went up over the banking and wedged himself underneath the fence. So I, you know, I go running out. Glenn Styers goes running out. I was there to do PR work because I did stories for Flamborough Speedway, and that's what they hired me for at Ushweekin. And and Guy was all right. He got out of the car, and at the end of the night, Clinton Jeffrey said, "You know, if you had a microphone, it'd be awesome. We we could throw to you." on the scene and you could, you could talk about what's going on and that's what started it. And initially for the first, I don't know how long I didn't talk that much. I, I spoke when I was spoken to when, when they'd lead me in Norris McDonald turned me on to that again, to go back when I was a kid, Norris McDonald was the infield announcer at Oswego Speedway. Um, and it was horrible. It was like he was talking into a tin can that the quality was so bad, <laughs> but he was right there on the scene, right? Like it, it, just yeah. the concept of it. So that's how we started. And over time I started cutting in a little bit more, a little bit more. And then Clint and I would, would share the mic. We'd both call the races. Ironically. Now he's the one that's following all the action and I'm sitting on my fat butt in the tower, but that's how, <laughs> that's how roles change over time. But you know, I don't get nervous. I, I get anxiety, the best kind of anxiety. You get those butterflies. Um, but I just feel really good when I'm doing what I do. It's, it's, my, it's my comfort zone. It's my happy place. Racing is something I, I feel, and maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like I understand it, right? So I can tell the story because I get it. I, I, it's my passion. I'm a fan. 
And as long as you're a fan first, you can make it through anything, right? Like you, you have yeah. to love it. And from there, you can start to hone your craft and, and try to develop. You know, everyone's got their own style. Yeah. But that, that happens over time. That's well said. Yeah, I think both both Graydon and I are, are starting to find that, you know, the more that we do this, it, it just it, it, you don't you don't get nervous. You don't get anxious. There is that excitement, you know. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's definitely cool hearing you say that because I think we're both going through the same thing. Yeah, this this guys, this is easy. The the stress is what we were doing before we started this interview, <laughs> worrying about technology yeah. and, yes. and you know yeah. how things are yes. going to look on the screen. That's so that's the anxiety that I could live without. Mm-hmm. Yes, but so once you get to it, I'm thankful I have my Clinton Jeffrey because he was always the technical guy, and now we've got Spencer who works in the yes. background. He is our technical guy. It's it's like anything else in racing. You need to have a good team. I might be the guy out in front, but you still need that that good team behind you to to make things run right. Absolutely. If there's been one common theme to every episode that we've had so far, it's we always touch on the people subject. It doesn't matter what facet you're part of it or or what part of the industry. It's I mean, it's not it transcends racing too that you just got to have a good team to be good at what you do. And it does help you to love what you do when you have uh, good people that have your back and, and, and are like-minded and, and you all want to achieve the same thing. So that's, that's well said and awesome to hear you hear that or hear you say that. And that's why I was excited to hear what you guys had going on. You know, I, I know you love the sport, so I, I, I've been really impressed with, with the guests that you've been lining up and you, the passion is there. Guys, everything else is secondary. The last thing I want right. to be is a professional. <laughs> right? like that's, to me, that's, that's not, that's not well, something. Well, you've come to the I, right place. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and I learned that in an interview with Don Cherry, right? Oh, one, cool. of, one of the, cool. one of the storied commentators, but I, I don't need to follow their rules. I, like I want to be me. I, right. And I, one thing I've always enjoyed is that people don't always know what's going to come out of my mouth. That's, that's my style. That's my, yes. and it might be ridiculous, but I'm pretty sure it's, it, it's going to be pretty spontaneous. Mm-hmm. One of my, one of my favorite calls was during this whole quarantine situation, uh, APC finale, or was it, maybe was it the finale? A uh, second race to the finale, uh, Brandon Watson, uh, contact, I believe, with Joe Lawrence coming to the finish line, and you said, "Holy crap!" Right at the <laughs> end, I'm like, "That is what I want to hear in racing. I don't need to have somebody just like screaming. This person is going to win the race." It was pure emotion, like natural oh, what human did reaction. Just see. Okay, okay. Can I can I steer the conversation for a minute here, guys? Because I, I I'd like to say that that all of my ideas are, are original. <laughs> but um, I do owe some thanks to Vince McMahon. <laughs> All right, and I, I'm going to add on Twitter. Yeah. I'm going <laughs> to refer to one of the documents that I sent to you. But but it's 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 announcer notes from Vince McMahon to his wrestling announcers. Play-by-play announcers call the action. They provide the skeleton for the match. The color commentator adds and embellishes what the play-by-play announcer has led them into. 
And some of these, some of these are, are covered up, but I'm, I'm trying to look down. Okay, here we are. About the fifth point, announcers are fans. We need to be fans, right? If the announcers aren't excited about what they're looking at, how can you expect the fans you're talking to do? To, to be excited and more importantly announcers are not the stars it's not about them but they need to enhance what's what's going on behind like there's so much we can learn absolutely from professional wrestling that those JR, are transcendent man. words i mean that's that's how you get like that's how you sell it, it well exactly right you, you know there's not necessarily good guys and bad guys, and there's little things. I, I'm going to let you in on a on a trick that I've used for many many years. Um, I'm probably going to thank Kerry Mix. He's the reason I needed to develop these tricks because <laughs> I've watched Kerry Mix do some things in race cars that that I wanted you know I wanted to call out because I I was sure I knew what I was looking at, but you can't. But you can't because we're not in the car with them. We we, right. we don't know what they're thinking when they hit somebody, mm-hmm. right? It, it, anything can happen. But if you try to set the table for the fans, say, okay, Carrie, Carrie Mix is starting to get pretty racy. We know there's nothing he won't do to get to the checkered flag. What's yep. going to happen, folks? Sure as hell, five minutes later, Carrie Mix is, you know, you have to notice that. Like, if he's fast enough, he's going to go up there and cause a scene. Mm-hmm. So if you yeah. set the table properly, you don't have to say, oh, Carrie Mix, Mix just wrecked whoever. It doesn't matter. All you have to do is get excited, and the fans can say, wow, he said, you know, Carrie Mix is looking pretty ambitious. Mm-hmm. He told us we should be watching him, and sure enough, here's what happened. So if you kind of just set that table and that comes from doing your homework and, and seeing enough to be confident with what you're calling. Does that make any sense? So, yeah. so you don't have to say this, this person intentionally, cause I, yeah. I got a big problem with that. Cause I don't know what anyone's intentions are, yeah. but if I call it before it happens and it happens, <laughs> I can just carry on my, you know, my work is done, right? I've, I've yeah. done what I was supposed to do and hopefully the fans enjoyed it and, we're able to take a little more from it. That touches on what you said about knowing your craft and everything. As you're, you watch these guys probably as intently or more than most, and and to see that coming where you pick on, like you see driver X is like, okay, he's getting a little rammy, something's going to happen here, and and you forecast and foreshadow that that keep an eye on this that that's part of being good at what you do. And that's, that's pretty, uh, pretty neat to have that happen where it actually, cause more often than not, it will come to fruition in the Pinty series. If you see some sort of a little, uh, hive of activity, chances are something's going to break loose. Right. And you guys know that you've, you see the same thing. I'm pretty lucky. So the, the nice thing with NASCAR, when they came up in 2006 and, and took over Cascar, their deal was they wanted an announcer who could go to every race. Mm-hmm. So they, they were willing to commit and send an announcer everywhere, but the announcer had to be willing to commit. Mm-hmm. So for a hundred and some races, I, I never missed a race. The, 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 only, the first and only race I've ever missed was the first Loudoun, New Hampshire race. Yeah, uh, I did not go to that one. There is a little asterisk because the very first year I never got to the announcer's booth in, in Three Rivers because uh, mm-hmm. security kept me out. 
but that's okay. <laughs> we, we developed a very strong relationship over the years. But I had the best seat in the house for every NASCAR Pinty Series race for 12 years. Yeah. You no, not not at all. I'm just lucky, <laughs> right? So I got I had a bird's eye view to watch everything that goes on, and and as a student of 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 the game. Mm-hmm. You learn an awful lot. You, you learn about what people are capable of. You learn their habits. You, you, yeah. So it really helps, right? It, it helps to, to call what's going to happen. Neat. Oh, man. That's, I love it. <laughs> That's cool to hear, like, what kind of goes on in your mind when this stuff's happening. Because, like, yeah, you do have to have an eye on what's going on up front. But, like, you got to look through the field and see what else is happening. And and that's part of what I like what you and Dave are doing. Like, I mean, granted, you don't have 40 cars that you have to call. But, I mean, there's action top to bottom in the Pinty series. There's there's bumping and grinding. And and, and whether it's for, for the top three positions or for the back three positions it's every bit as fierce and that's that's obviously why we love it so much i mean it's it's about quality over quantity especially these days with the series i mean not huge car counts but i mean the battles and and the ferocity of the racing is is probably unparalleled in my opinion in nascar there's nothing like it absolutely there's not and if you if you just if you embrace the sport, like I say, if, if you're if yeah. you're an embroiled fan of racing, the Pinty series. I mean, I enjoy watching the trucks. Mm-hmm. I really enjoy truck races. Yeah. Um, but you look through different types of racing and styles of racing that you gravitate to. Our shows are usually pretty darn good. I mean, it helps yeah. that we've got Joel Robinson and Fuel Media Lab. Yes. They do as good a job as anyone. Yeah, at, at packaging the product, yeah, but definitely. the product, the product itself is is pretty darn good. I mean, and that comes from a good group of officials, a good group of promoters. It, it takes everything. Yeah, it needs you to know? stand on its own two feet. I mean, everybody else can call it as they see it, but I mean, if the product is a flop, all the uh, hype and excitement in the world isn't going to deep down sell it. I mean, you can you can try to, but it's not going to work. But so. Obviously, like you say, with it doesn't matter how old the the design of the chassis are, and and they aren't like any other car under the NASCAR umbrella, which is maybe why, and, and the tracks for that matter aren't like any other track that NASCAR series run. Maybe a little bit the the ARCA series, but I mean, uh-huh. it our series lends itself. It's kind of famous for its, it's gritty sort of bumping and banging type stuff, but look at the tracks they run on tight left and right handers of road and street courses and, and the little bull rings. So, I mean, you kind of know what you're getting into when you sign on for a Pinty's race or two. Um, and, and being able to call that, um, as well as you do is, uh, it's, it's just remarkable. It's, we're buttering oh, you fun. up, but I mean, <laughs> no, yeah, I, it I, is fun, I appreciate right? it. I appreciate it. It, I mean, guys, I, I was in Trois Rivières, uh, headed from the podium to the press room when we needed security entourage because the fans wanted to kill Carrie Mix, right? <laughs> it, it, you can't fake that. This is not scripted, right. and yes. it was phenomenal racing. Yes. But the fans yeah. are passionate. They're climbing the fence, and. and yeah. 
it's man oh man this is phenomenal yeah you um, live for that oh absolutely like some of some of the moments that you it's been mostly highlights you know you, yeah. there's, there's moments where things weren't that stellar but boy that the good times far outweigh yeah you've you've been in the booth for so many legendary finishes you know and i mean one thing that i can say is the majority of races that i've been to um whether they were cascar turned into the pinty series were phenomenal races um are do there are there any that stick out in your mind uh from back in whatever year because i know there's been so many but for me i gotta say uh with andrew coming over top of carrie um at the finish of tuara Vier, that's got to be one and then the battle between Caden Lapsovich and Alex LeBay. I want to say it was maybe Chaudier uh, yeah. a couple of years ago. And just side by side, I want to say it was like 8, 10, 15 laps. or just side by side by side. Uh, like you don't get that in a lot of racing. So the fact that we get that here, it's just remarkable. So is there one that sticks out? Well, that's, I mean, that's a great question. The, the Chaudier race has, has been one of my favorites. Yeah. Um, and I, before I answer that, I mean, we had double file restarts before they had them down South. We, yes. we've got more road courses than they had down yes. South long before they've gone to more road courses. So yep. we, we've had the luxury of some really exciting things up here. Yep. The first year. Okay. I'm, I'm not going to give you one race. The, the first year week after week, we kept having events. And thinking, how, how do you top that next week? I mean, margins <laughs> yeah. of victory that were in the thousands. I think the first year out in Vernon, British Columbia, the margin of victory was was less than ten thousandths of a second. Um, God, we we've had so 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 many moments. I mean, sadly, the moments you remember are are the mishaps. Um, yep. <laughs> So Cayuga Speedway, when they couldn't get the generator going, they had to run kind of at half lights there way back when. And yeah. the, the one I remember where I earned my paycheck more than any other day was uh, the ambulance was late showing up to the racetrack in Edmonton. And, and I had to kill about 45 minutes on a, on a <laughs> oh, blistering no. hot day. And, and, you know, you, you start making eye contact with anybody on the front trace. Oh, Hey, let's talk to this. Let's talk to that. Let's, let's, <laughs> holy moly. So it's, it's really weird. The things that stick out the first couple of times we went to Vernon, British Columbia, I've never experienced heat like that in my life. It was the hottest place on earth. It's a dry heat, but my goodness, people were dropping. So it's really funny. The memories I have aren't on the racetrack. Because once you go on the racetrack and you start calling the action, mm -hmm. it's always awesome. Yeah. You know, you're, you're, there's yeah. always a buildup. So we've had races that weren't as exciting as others, but for the most part, when it's going on, it's fantastic. Yeah. So uh, to, to try to think of one race that, that stands out more than others, they all, they all have something. They all have something awesome. Edmonton. That's fair. I loved the the airport course in Edmonton. Um, the biggest crowd yeah. I've ever announced for. Uh, they really appreciated their stock car racing, and our drivers put on a hell of a show for them. Uh, you know, they'd be fanning out three, four wide going into the corners because it's a 
freaking runway. Yeah. There was room to do it. <laughs> yeah. uh, Trevor Siebert was amazing under braking. Yes, there was a time yes. nobody could outbreak Trevor Siebert, and it was fun to watch what he could do. Uh, Anthony Simone. In fact, I think there was a year in Edmonton where both Anthony and Trevor were on the podium together. Uh, those are two really exciting drivers. So when they're in, when they're in the mix, when they're there towards mm-hmm. the front, you get excited because you know you're going to have good good action to call. That speaks to the competition. Like, yeah, I think we have like at least from the Canadian stock car racing perspective, we have a bit of a, a, a more skewed opinion than the American general population where, the, or the ones that don't think that stock cars necessarily should have uh, as many uh, road course races as they do. I mean, if they look back far enough, the cup series ran on road courses way back when too. But I mean, like you say, it's, it doesn't matter if if they aren't built for it, who cares? I mean, isn't that what makes it so good? Because they don't they they roll so bad and, and and they don't hook up so well, they don't turn so good, they don't stop so great. Like that's what makes it so great. And then and the guys that are are they're trying to get every inch and not and not take any prisoners. I mean, it's it gets me excited talking about it. And yeah. I think that's <laughs> hey, as you, you can know tell, what I. I want to share a memory with you because this is something people might not realize. When when we did Montreal at first with the, the Nationwide Series, mm-hmm. our feature event, our big event was 8 o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. So we would be up in the hotel at 4 o'clock in the morning <laughs> to get to the racetrack to put, to put on this show. And the yeah. biggest field of cars we ever had was Montreal. I think there was 34 cars showed up. Because uh, it was one of the only times we sent cars home before the race. Yep, it's crazy. But the fans that showed up at eight at eight in the morning in Quebec, like six eight hours before the main event, but they wanted to watch Andrew Ranger and Alex Tagliani and and, and the whole gang do battle. Those were diehard fans. For our, sure. Our pit area was three kilometers from the start finish line. <laughs> Like you want to talk about getting your steps in those, (laughs) those are the memories that stand out to me, right? Those, those are the things that you look back on. I remember watching the, the first, was it the first nationwide race where Robbie Gordon took someone out? Marcus Ambrose. And and we were on the roof of the tower with Richard Childress. We we were where you absolutely (laughs) should not be. Like you had to climb up a ladder through a hatch and you wind up on the roof with a great view. We're like, wow, this is kind of cool. So there we were for a little bit. Here comes Richard Childress popping through the hatch as well. Sorry. And he nice. said, he said, Robbie Gordon's not going to put up with that. And he was right. It's funny because his team won the race. <laughs> yep. It, it, it. Oh, so, so the things, the, the memories that you have, and that's what r- racing is lifestyle, right? It, it's, a, it's a way of life. You go to these events, you spend a whole weekend. And I'll bet you if you talk to most people, if you give them enough time, they're going to tell you about things that didn't necessarily have to do with on-track action. But that's what they remember from these from these trips and these events. Oh, man. That's neat. Um, if, uh, if you don't mind, uh, would you like to talk about... Um, uh, the way the season went, um, obviously we couldn't go to the track. Um, 
I don't know if next year is going to be any better. I don't, obviously you probably can't speak to, it's too early to tell what's going to happen next year, but uh, I get like, can, there's always can we hope. do it? Yeah, there is always hope. I mean, <clears throat> that's, we have another round of the Pinty's fan cave challenge. If um, the worst, cause that, that wasn't a bad thing. It, no. it was a hell of a good contingency thing. Yeah. Um, uh, for not having a full season, but uh, yeah. <sighs> can it can, can it be done safely? I can guarantee you this: the racing world is going to survive another year, mm-hmm. whether there's pandemic restrictions or whether there's not. Um, humanity survives, mm-hmm. and we were so lucky this year to get to do the racing that we did. Um, you know, there's a lot of people really suffering and really struggling, and. Yeah. I don't want to see that happen again. As far as I know, most everyone that I've heard of is talking as though things are going to open up and we're going to go racing, but you don't, you don't know. Um, and, and with things changing as much as they are, we're all along for the ride. Thanks goodness. Thank goodness for podcasts. Thank goodness for you guys doing what (laughs) you're doing. Um, we keep the, we keep the dots connected, right? You keep the yeah. dots connected. That's, and that's what we need to do. As, as this goes on, nobody can sit on their couch and point fingers and say, well, they better get this stuff right because I'm ready to go back. No, we're, we're all in this, right? Mm-hmm. So whatever we can do to make things better and to, and to get us through. and Yeah. So I, I don't know what will happen next year. I don't think anybody knows. Mm-hmm. I, I know think, there was – Sorry. Uh, like the coalition that the tracks had that uh, we were trying to like, I don't want to get political about it, but like how certain venues were open and, and outdoor venues uh, like racetracks couldn't open their gates to anyone uh, beyond like race personnel. I I hope this isn't really a question. It's just, I hope that maybe there's obviously going to still be restrictions of some kind next year that maybe they can sort of adapt and evolve to, to where uh, at least some of us can get back in there and see it. And, and these tracks can get some revenue. Yeah. And that's, that's the thing. The business model has to make sense, mm-hmm. right? In the U S they've got TV contracts and those obligations. Yeah. I'll tell you one thing we're blessed with up here and that's Pinty's. Um, yes. You know, and we say enough nice things about Tony Spiteri, but let's say a couple more nice things. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm real thankful that I think it's been a good year for for people in the grocery business, mm-hmm. right? So, yeah. so thank thankfully there's there's people who help keep this sport going mm-hmm. uh, that are not in crisis right now, and, yeah. and thank goodness for that because when the time comes to kick things off, you, you at least have strength in in certain spots right yeah um, far as i know these teams these shops are still open scott steck these still showing up every day dj kennington the the people that prepare the race cars so they're ready they're ready when the time comes they'll be ready to rumble yeah we're we're really excited about you know the possibility that we again we're going to be back next year you know had maybe we'll just have one off year like we did this year you know and they come back full force one of the cool things I thought, uh, and me and Graydon were ecstatic when they announced this, but um, you know, we had a three-weekend season this year, but the return of Sunset Speedway and the, the kind of the debut for Flamborough 
I I had never really watched a race at Flamborough before, um, but I've seen I saw a couple races on GeForce and then the Pinty's race. Is this something that you would love to see on the schedule going forward, Flamborough and Sunset? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I, I love Flamborough. I I, yeah. I love the Casali family. Uh, they gave me my first job in racing, uh, so so I've got a real soft spot for it. I thought it looked phenomenal on TV. Uh, yeah. You know, the, the work they've done there, I thought it really showed well. And boys, with the 20-car field, 24-car field at that place, there would be a lot of action. A lot, a <laughs> it kind lot of feels hurtful. like a little Ontario Darlington type thing, eh? Like a yeah. kind of a, a rough you don't, tumble. I mean, yeah, it's you a don't use ring, the but... wall. You don't <laughs> yeah. use the wall. You use other cars. So instead <laughs> yeah. of the Darlington. Don't do spray, the wall. Don't yeah, do that. fair enough. <laughs> But yeah, yeah, it, it is rough and tumble. And I'll tell you, it, it's like the old Barry Speedway. And I remember Mark Dilly used to say, if you can win here, you can win anywhere. Mm-hmm. And, and he was right. Flamborough is very much like that. Um, ironically, w- without a pandemic, John Casale would never entertain hosting a NASCAR Penty Series race. It's just not his business model, but the cost of doing it, it's just out of his wheelhouse but now that it's happened um i know for a long time roger slack would have loved to get the reins to flamborough speedway Hmm. that was a big deal to him having something so close to population uh, he would have loved that opportunity and obviously it never it never came to fruition i think he's doing okay regardless (laughs) but uh but yeah flamborough is a special place to a lot of people And, and sunset Great to have them back. Brian Toddish always has the place looking good. In that first race of the year, I mean, what a great finish. Um, you know, uh, we, again, great and I, we almost broke down every single race after <laughs> it happened, you know. And that finish, um, the young guy in the number 18 car, uh, Trayton Lapsovich, uh, just like his his older brother, seems to be a force to be reckoned with. Um is there any other names? Of course, you've seen a lot of racing. You, you, you know, you uh, announced announced a lot of races. Is there somebody that maybe we should look forward to? Uh, I know there's a lot of great racers coming up throughout the ranks, but is there somebody that's making a little bit of noise that maybe pe- people should be paying attention to? You know, that's a great question. Um, I think Trayton Lapsovich is definitely a, a person you want to watch for. And, and the thing is, you don't know who's going to be next. You don't know who's going to be the next big deal to show up. I mean, I, I'm looking for the next J.R. Fitzpatrick. Um, I would gladly settle for the last J.R. Fitzpatrick to come back and, and do <laughs> yeah. more. Right? There's, yeah, there's yes, just, us too. There's just people who make things exciting. And uh, I have so much respect. I'm such a big fan of Scott Stackley. DJ Kennington. Yeah. Um, I need them to be successful, but for goodness sake, I want them to have a rival. Like I want them to have a loud mouth, <laughs> <Yeah>. outspoken <laughs> counterpart to, to get them wound up because they're such professionals mm-hmm. that uh, it's tough to get that yeah. great sound bite. It's tough to get yeah. that uh, emotion out of them. Yeah. So, so you need someone to come in who's brash. We need we need our Kyle Bush, you know, someone to come yes. in who's who's really really uh, good and who won't apologize for being really really good. And Jason Hathaway is close. Mm-hmm. I think it, like if 
if you ask Ed Hackinson, I, I overheard him say a couple of times, he would love it if Jason went out there and said some outlandish <laughs> things, right? He, he would embrace that. It's not really Jason. He, he does okay. You know, he, yeah. he, he's always good for a comment or two that, that yeah. makes you raise your eyebrow a bit and say, okay, shots fired. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do yeah. love Jason. Like, you can tell when he, like, he's putting on the camera face for an interview, but, like, in behind his eyes, he's, like, fuming and, like, boiling inside. And it's, that almost makes for, like you say, you kind of wish he would kind of step over that line and get a little bit out of sorts but i mean it's almost good tv just seeing him like hold his tongue but like still doing like the proper tv stuff it's and he's not the only one there's a ton of them in the series (laughs) like that let me tell you a story guys uh saskatoon i don't remember what it was the year pd shepherd won nice because kennington was leading the race maybe 2011 And Shepard had to use him up on the last lap yes. to take the win. Yes. Pete Shepard needed the money. Yeah. He knew his parents needed the money. They needed the bonus money. They needed the, the, the paycheck from that race. He needed to win that race. And, and he, he dirtied up DJ to do it. <laughs> <Yeah>. So they're standing on the podium after the race, holding their trophies and smiling for the pictures. And every time the camera got set down, everyone's shooting their pictures. Every time they, they look down to look at their shots, DJ had look over you, son of a bitch. I'm going to, I'm going to get you. He said, this isn't over. And then they go back to smiling again for the next round of pictures. <laughs> Those are the things that if awesome. you weren't close enough, you might not notice it was going on, but the, Oh man. Those are the things, and that just makes me happy. That's what racing needs. What racing needs, and NASCAR has tried to do this, and they've done a pretty good job by putting a lot more emphasis on race wins. Mm -hmm. Um, In this case, in Saskatoon, it was money, and and that's what we need. We need winning to matter. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. To to where you above all else. That's right. You go above the sport. Like there's a way you would like to win every race, Mm -hmm. but doggone it. If if you need to make something happen and create your own luck, it should matter. It should be so important that you're willing to cross that line. That and the Pinty series featuring a podium, that's the best part of it, too. Like, for those reasons that you say, whether everybody necessarily picks up on it or not is when the camera goes down and the, the one driver leans over to the other and curses them out and smile again. And that's that's awesome. Yep. I can- <laughs> I can't remember. There have been fights in the stands. There have been scuffles in the pits. But I never remember a real duke him out in victory lane. Barry Speedway was probably the closest we ever got, like, every time we went. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, people just got so mad. I mean, like, it was it, – it, that track lent itself. One of the – it wasn't a Pinty's race, but the very first live race I took our boys to was in 2014 – just before Barry closed and it was just a regular Saturday night race. And there was a huge wreck in the thunder car race and the whole track was blocked. Guys were out of their cars starting to kick ass everywhere. And we ended up leaving because it got kind of beyond uh, yeah, yeah. Like G rated, <laughs> but like the boys were just like amazed because like they had watched NASCAR and everything on TV. And then they see this wreck and then it's just like, game on <laughs> uh good old passion Barry, though. i mean yeah exactly i mean it brings out that yeah. raw human emotion you just can't help it like 
somebody spins you out, the angry sharks start swimming, and here we go. <laughs> and, and I will stop everything I'm doing. Like, if, if there's a ruckus, I, I will stop what I – and that's – if the fans can see it, mm-hmm. I can talk about it. That's right. what I – you know, if it's happened behind closed doors, no, but – Mm-hmm. If the fans can witness it, I sure as heck can too, and I enjoy myself when that happens. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's it's one of those things that I it's crazy because I feel like there's some standout moments in the Pinty series where you do have you know those heated moments. Uh, Ranger and Steckley at CTMP. I've never seen Scott Steckley as heated as I saw him there with uh, one of one of my personal favorites that I really hope. Uh, we get to see him back on the track full time. Uh, Gary Clute winning that race, um, sneaking by to win. Uh, obviously, you know Ranger and, and Mix. Uh, we've seen <laughs> DJ and Caden. Um, we've seen uh, even last year. You know Jason and uh, and Kevin first race of the season. You know yeah. it's it shows so much passion to win a race. And people will go, you know, is it really worth it? But to them, it is, you know, and that's what's so great about the series. Yeah, and you see the emotion on Jason Hathaway and on DJ Cannington. And uh, yeah, it, it, it really lets you know how much goes in to, to a win, right? And, and these guys know it, it might be a long time before you get to celebrate your next one. So mm-hmm. uh, enjoy the moment because they're definitely every one of them is deserved. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I was a big baby and balling right along with them on the at the <laughs> watching that <laughs> Jucasa race at the end. Oh my god! Oh, when they start doing that, I love an emotional winner, regardless of what emotion it is. Like overrun with rage or or just gratefulness. It's those are the best victory lanes, and and seeing those guys like like you say, you never know when the next one's gonna come if it ever does. So I mean, they mm-hmm. gotta soak it in and. I think because Jason and DJ, uh, those guys have been around the series for long enough that they realize that now. I mean, it's no secret they're they're more on the the backside of their careers than uh, the start of it. So when when they step up and and show like that's why they're the the top dogs in this series. If you're going to win, you got to go through those guys. And uh, I, I hope we don't have to imagine those uh, series without them in it for quite a while. Couldn't agree more. Yeah, the the for me, you know, it's it's been you know I, my, I saw my very first race in two thousand three at Mossport Speedway, and you know, Cascar was you know was one thing, and then we got uh, the Canadian Tire Series, and then of course the Pinty Series, um, and those names have always been there. They've always been a part of the series, um, so you know they're normally the names that you talk about in the series we saw some returning names this year which was the coolest thing um to see names like uh dexter stacy came back uh for a couple races last year and came back this year um kenny fourth came in and raced and then of course jr fitzpatrick what was it like seeing some of those names that had been in the series years ago all of a sudden now they're coming back it it was great it was really good to see them back and you've got to remember, you know, I remember a series where Peter Gibbons, Dave Whitlock, there yep. were, there were 
big race team owners, right? Yeah. Some of these were one car teams. Some of them fielded multiple cars and people said, boy, series will never survive when Gibbons leaves. Boy, the series will never survive when Dave Whitlock leaves and, and, and his team closes the doors. There's always someone else to come along. You know, if, if there's a good product mm-hmm. and it's worth following, there will always be people that, that come along, but you're right to have some of them come back. I mean, like I said, J.R. Fitzpatrick would be a, a welcome addition. J.R. Yeah. Fitzpatrick and Kevin Lacroix. I would, love that idea. <laughs> they would burn places down. <laughs> and, and it would be fantastic. Yeah. And Kevin, Kevin Lacroix, that guy has so much personality. And it doesn't all come through with his interviews. No. But as his English continues to get better, mm-hmm. we're, we're getting to learn more and more about, about Kevin and how much yeah. fun he is. Um, yeah. he owed Jason Hathaway. He owed him for a long time and he, he mm-hmm. was going to get his retribution. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He had that coming or even now. And he even said to me at one point from sunset, he says, I don't get it. You spin out the leader and they still restart in front of you. He says, I, I had to do it again. <laughs> oh, he, he, he tells it like it is. Yeah. Yeah. I had done a, uh, a fictional, um car for him with joe louis and he as a sponsor just to as an introduction like random sponsor trying to get as many canadian corporations interested and he said they wouldn't even need to pay me if that was the case they just pay me in joe louis in in victory lane <laughs> yep. and that's when i started to learn a bit more about kevin lacroix and and that he is he's one of the one of the things i think that you know that we've kind of taken a real liking to is is the guys like rafael Lassard. Alex LeBay, who are who are going down south and, and trying their luck. And we're starting to see a lot of names from Kyle Busch Motorsports that come up and they and from TRD and they run in the series at CTMP. Do you think down south they're starting to realize like we have some damn good drivers here and it's a real experience to come up because the drivers that did, not one of them have come up and beaten our own drivers. They've, they've never finished on the podium. And, and it used to happen in Montreal. We'd have Xfinity drivers. Yeah. I think both um, Dylan brothers have raced with us. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's There's been a lot of people over the years, and they've never been able to beat our drivers, mm-hmm. uh, and, and, which is great. Yeah. It, but it opens their eyes. I mean, Noah Gregson, we were we, – I've chatted with him a couple of times since he raced with us and he seen he had a blast and he loves the product that we, that we have. Uh, for some reason, he seems to like me quite a bit. Like he just, he just <laughs> likes the energy, right? He says, Oh, it's TSN guy. Hey, okay, Noah, how's it going? Good to, good to see you. But, uh, you know, we, we do things, we do things our way yeah. and it's a little bit different maybe, but not much, We're, but it's a, it's a good product. It's a competitive product. And, uh, there's not many places those drivers go mm-hmm. where where they don't win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like absolutely. We, back in the day, who who was the driver? Kale. Uh, Kale Gale. Jeez, yeah. Thank you, Kale Gale. Thirteen uh, Reen car. Mm-hmm. He came up, tried his hand. Uh, Jason Bowles. Yep. Uh, yep. He tried to get assertive with with one of our. Okay, that was probably a memory. That one was a big one. When he punted Ranger in the hairpin at Montreal, yes. I don't know how Ranger got back to him, but he got back he to him did, and finished and he him. Stuck, <laughs> him, right, stuck yeah. him right in the wall, champions. And and, and you know what? That's the crowd it's, going nuts. Oh yeah, 
and it's it's tit for tat. Like, go, go ahead, you do me. I'm going to do you twice as bad. Yeah. And I, it's not Andrew Ranger. It's Andrew. It's Carrie Mix. It's it's Kevin Lacroix. It's yeah. Like the list goes on and on of, of people. <laughs> don't mess with me. Yeah. Don't don't mess with me. You're going to get it back. And uh, it's been fun. Uh, before we wrap things up, uh, I know there's uh, there's something that sort of. It's special to both of us, and I know it's something that you hold dear, uh, uh, mental health awareness. Um, it's something that uh, my brother, I asked him before uh, I did this, he's he's diagnosed uh, with uh, bipolarism. Um, he struggled, uh, there's six years between him and I, uh, I'm older. Uh, so we were at very different times in our life. So watched him kind of struggle through high school and that sort of thing. Um, uh, I, when in myself, when I'm at work, I, I, I take my work very seriously. Uh, I put a lot of pressure on myself. Um, and it's only now where I'm in my late thirties, where I'm starting to realize the value of, of doing things, having a good release uh, to keep your your a good mental state, uh, uh, could you uh, elaborate on on that for us, Adam? Yeah, yeah. I've uh, I've lived with mental illness uh, for most of my life, depression, anxiety, and and it's it's very hard for for me to understand because as a, I'm a happy fellow, I, you know, I, I enjoy life, um, but it's it's an illness. And it's and it's real. And I just decided over time, you know, I'm pretty comfortable talking. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I thought that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to talk about mental health uh, mm-hmm. because I want people to know that that they shouldn't suffer in silence. I want people to know they're not alone. There's a, there's a lot of people that are in the same battles, um, and I want people to know that it doesn't have to limit what you're capable of. It's something that we live with, and the more we talk about it, the more normal we make it, uh, the more we help ourselves and we help each other cope and, and live better. And and so if, if me talking about my struggles helps someone feel a little bit better, I know it helps me feel better. Uh, so, yeah, and, and with this pandemic this year, uh, I really, really feel for people. You know, I know what an anxiety attack feels like. It It sucks, but... I, I know what I know what it is. So when, when it's happening, it's so hard to cope with. I can't imagine what people are going through that have never experienced it before this year, um, and now they're they're having to weave their way through a, a pretty rough road. Um, so any awareness that that we can help bring, any encouragement that we can bring to people to uh, to share their their story, share their challenges, talk to their doctor, talk to a loved one, and uh, and improve themselves. Um, it's the least I can do. Absolutely. You know, um, one of the reasons that, you know, it's obviously you're, you're the, the Pinty's announcer, but I, I've, I've started following the stuff that you put out there on Adam out there and the sessions. And as somebody who myself, I, I deal with the exact kind of situation as you do. Um, but you know, it, it took many, many years to realize that I was going through that. Um, and to see somebody that is in the public eye talk about it, you know, it's something that I feel as men is not, it's just not talked about. It's just, oh, just deal with it. Mm -hmm. You know, 
Is there, was there a lot of pressure that you felt when you first started talking about it? Because I know when I first, when I first started talking about it myself, that, um, you won't, maybe you do have a little bit of worry that you're going to get blowback from people. But then after a while, you just kind of, eh, you, you just, you pass it off, but not everybody's comfortable doing that. The only place I felt vulnerable uh, about sharing mental health challenges is at work. Um, and, and that's something that that's part of why we have to do this is blast through it. Uh, and guys, I'm, I'm not boasting, but I'm pretty good at what I do. I, I sell trucks and I, I make a decent living and I take good care of my customers mm-hmm. and I have anxiety and I have depression and some days are harder than others. Mm-hmm. Um, but that, that was where I felt the most vulnerable. Otherwise, no, it, look at my flaws, feel free. I I weigh darn near 300 pounds. I think (laughs) at least 50 of those pounds are thanks to antidepressants. um, Likewise. That I've been been prescribed since I was a teenager. Um, I'll take credit for the other 50 pounds. You know, I should be be somewhere between 200 and 250. I can't thank (laughs) Paxil for all of that weight. (laughs) But, But... we're, we're here, right? We're, we're, we're all in this together yeah. and there's, I don't feel shame anymore. None, none whatsoever. Like, you know, someone else has, has their own issue. You, you know, yeah. someone gets diagnosed with a disease that, that they have to fight. Uh, everyone has something. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wish I knew why mental illness was so prevalent right now in society, but, but I think much, much worse mm-hmm. than mental illness is the fact that, that people have it and either don't realize it or don't acknowledge it yeah. or, or, or don't know that they can make it better. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, masking is one of the things that a lot of people do with, with mental health, you know, myself included. Uh, I was more of an introvert. I, I don't want to talk about anything. I don't want to do anything. I'm going to book off from work. I'm going to stay home. You don't realize that what you're doing, it's it's same with, with people that cover with alcohol or drugs. It's you're just masking. You're not dealing with the core, you know, what's going on. And, you know, going through those panic attacks uh, is scary. And, and I don't think people realize how scary of a situation that can be. And to, to just to have somebody who's in the same, you know, kind of, area of of uh fandom as i am in terms of racing um it means the world to have somebody along you know in that journey you know you know and that's what we're here for why we're talking about this now is that we want other people if they are you know and i'm not going to say suffering because i think that's the word that that makes it sound like a bad thing you're related you're, you're you're living with it it's not suffering because you know suffering you're always talking about how bad you're feeling right no i live with it It, sometimes it's it's bad but it's not always bad no exactly life is beautiful life is magical um it doesn't always feel that way right so it is part of the problem with mental illness is it's really really hard to articulate it's hard to describe Mm -hmm. Uh, it's hard to know am i having a bad day or, or am I depressed today? Right. You know, cause there's yeah. times you're, you're going to have bad days. You know, we have unfortunate things happen to us. Mm-hmm. You have to think your way through and decide what's going on. But, but again, the more we can talk about it, the more we can embrace it. Mm-hmm. You have the number of people that come up to me quietly and say, man, really appreciate what you're doing. Keep that yeah. up. 
And it might be for a family member. It might be for a loved one. It might be for themselves. And sometimes they tell me, uh, but sometimes they don't. And they don't have to, right? It, like it just kind of frees someone of, of a little bit of their burden when they hear someone that they can relate to saying, yeah, we, we go through the same thing. So um, we, we do what we can, right? It's, uh, I, I'm very fortunate to have a bit of a soapbox to stand on yeah. to, to say what I want to say. So, so that's what I'm doing with it. That's awesome. Thank you for, for, uh, for talking about it. I mean, that's, uh, it, like we said, it's something that more people than probably care to admit deal with some, with it on some level and to be able to, to relate to someone or just hear someone explain, say, Hey, that's kind of how I feel. And it kind of puts it a bit of a, uh, puts it in perspective anyways, that it's, yeah. It's something that you don't have to uh, keep to yourself. And so let's let's do yeah. this because I, I need to uh, go on Facebook. Adam out there. Yeah, that's what I go by every mm-hmm. Thursday night. I host what's called the Mindwell session at seven o'clock. Yes. Pretty excited, guys! Tomorrow night I've got Hal Johnson uh, oh, wow. joining me from Body Break. Body Break, yeah. And and he does not battle mental illness. But but oh. what I wanted what I want to talk to with Hal is how much it's changed since what he did back in the eighties. It's always been physical exercise, you know, stay fit and have fun, mm-hmm. but how much of a mental health, uh, uh mental health has, has gotten so big mm-hmm. that it has to lead into your physical wellness as well. We're going to yes. talk about his experience on the amazing race, uh, and the cool. emotional cool. crash coming down from that. So I'm really excited for, for tomorrow night. Yeah, oh, that's I- super cool. We definitely want to make sure that you guys definitely check out Adam out there. I, I've watched a couple of these. Um, you know, he's had you've had some. Sorry, Nala's coming to say hi. Um, but you've had uh, Kevin Frankish was actually on your on your show as well to talk to chat about it, and um, not just the Adam out there stuff that that you do have. You also had some G Force programming um, that you have on a weekly basis. I love the chat and the ban. Oh, I, I call it banter, but the back and forth with you and Clinton. Um, can we talk about G Force and and what you guys have uh, have put together? Yeah, whatever you want, man. Clint, Clinton and I uh, we're brothers. We we don't we don't describe ourselves as friends anymore because the amount of hatred we share towards each other quite often, <laughs> you can only have with someone that you're related to. Uh, we've, we've, we've been together for a long, long time. Uh, so as he and I, um, Greg Callan, Spencer Mullen, Glenn Styers, uh, it was just a collaboration. A bunch of people thought, you know, let's, let's build something. And this was last winter. We 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 set out to do it. We we covered some i racing, some esports, and we thought, you know, if we're going to do this, we, we better brand it something other than a Schwekin Speedway because we want to go to other speedways. We we want to branch out. Um, so the timing just worked out uh, incredibly. As I say, I would I would never want to repeat what happened this year, but it gave us the chance to audition. Uh, at some venues where we really felt we could do some some cool things, and I'm really proud that that I think we did do some cool yeah. things. Um, we have a really good team. Absolutely. Real world test environment. I mean, like you said, it's not uh, an ideal year, but I mean, it's kind of a, a a best case scenario for a guinea pig year, right? To launch a few pilot things, see what works and what doesn't from the business standpoint. That's that's kind of a a benefit to this 
this dumpster fire of a year. <laughs> you you got it. You don't realize how big Jucasa Speedway is until you have to run cable around the outside of it. <laughs> right. Right? Like, you go yeah. you go to places, okay, we got this under control. Like, holy moly, how do we get there? <laughs> um, but, yeah, it, it's been a lot of fun. But, guys, it's like anything else. If you, if you put together people who all share a passion, in our case, we're really fortunate because – all of the people who came together with that project, we all brought something a little different to the table. Um, everyone has, everyone brings some real value. Uh, we all get along, you know, we still fight and argue yeah. and, but that's what makes things work is, is we're a bunch of people who are very open with sharing our opinions together. Mm -hmm. And that, that just allows us to, to, to achieve things that, that we want to achieve. Hey, can we do this? No, we can't do that. Well, maybe we can. Right. You know, you know, but if you don't say it out loud, right, you can't read my yeah. mind. Right. So you say it out loud. And sometimes it is. I say a lot of ridiculous stuff, but, but sometimes <laughs> it gets wheels turning and think, yeah, maybe we can do this. It's just like asking the girl to dance, right? You never know unless you ask, you got to put it out there. The worst thing that she's going to say is no. You got it. <laughs> you got it. So I'm excited. We've, we've, now we've got a commitment. Um, from APC, and we had a meeting with, with some of the tracks last week that uh, we're on board for next year. And, and the track owners and the promoters were, were, were open to it because you have to plan ahead for having fans yeah. in the stands. Yep. And the, the concept of, of giving away your product, uh, that was a very difficult sell over the years. Even mm -hmm. though we've done it at Ashwikin and we have mm -hmm. the stats to show that attendance will still grow. Mm -hmm. Live attendance will still grow, even if you give away a free stream of the product. Uh, the promoters were very receptive. They saw what was accomplished yeah. this year, and uh, APC was was real pleased with the product. So, yeah, we, we've got an exciting, we've got a very busy 2021 plan. We're not ready to announce things yet, but uh, I, I think we'll be going to a lot of places. This is really, really great, great, great news to hear. You know, I, I'm kind of, uh, the opposite of, of great. I'm, I'm here in the city. I, I don't drive. I'm not able to get out to the racetrack. So being able to see the racing product like that being brought right in, you know, to my living room is it's so cool. Um, but being an announcer, we didn't get to actually see Oshwaken this year for the NASCAR Penny Series, which we're probably the most bummed about. Mm -hmm. But because you announced it, what are we getting into? What is uh, Oshwaken? Uh, what is the racing like and what could we expect with the Pinty's race there? You can expect organized chaos. <laughs> awesome. Um, yeah. Yeah. Ashwikin is very wide, very fast. There's a lot of room, a lot of room to make your mistakes. Um, Excellent. <laughs> yeah. I'm really, I mean, Clinton Jeffrey was so pumped up about that race. Pinty's yeah. was so pumped up about that race. Um, I was I was geared up, man. I'm ready to see our drivers take it on, and I have a feeling Andrew Ranger will set the pace. Like I, I just, he's got some dirt experience. He's got ice racing experience. I, I just feel that he is the, he's going to be the driver to beat. Um, but there's a lot of drivers who don't like to get beat, yep. right? So that they're they're going to show up and do their thing. And and I think the cars, man, they're they are just built for that kind of racing. Oh, I'll be so excited. Oh, I can't wait to see it. Um, I know I, they probably, <laughs> I was one of the first people that uh, probably shelled out some money for tickets and I'm, they could keep it and 
until the the gates are open. What do you What are you doing buying tickets to races now? You got fan side <laughs> podcast. Put <laughs> in for media credentials. <laughs> yeah, Why do no, you think I go. do the job that I do? <laughs> yeah, I guess that was all kind of before this happened, but yeah. uh, whatever. I don't mind. That's uh, that's well worth the expense because man, that was so. I was so oh. looking forward to that this summer. That was like Cam said the. Probably the biggest letdown of my summer this year was that not happening because yeah. that was such an anticipated race, just something totally new and out of the box. Um, yeah. And I'm going to tell you, in, in, you know, Clinton Jeffrey runs, runs the place up there and he does a real good job. But in talking about that event, I said, Clint, do me a favor. When, when you run that show, make sure you have a real good backup show. Because as as officials and as racers, what we like best yeah. is enjoying the local racing. Like when we go to yes. St. Estatch, there's always fantastic racing going on. Mm-hmm. And it always disappointed me when we went to the Mosport Oval. Yeah. There was nothing but us. Yes. Man, I want I want to watch some races. I want to watch yeah. the stacker cars in Edmonton. Yes. I want to right? Like that's uh, the legends cars go. at Riverside. We went almost every year to Mossport Speed because it's the closest one to us. Uh, we previously went to Peterborough, um, uh-huh. but because Peterborough wasn't part of Canadian the Canadian Tire Series, we went to the Mossport, Mossport Speedway, and it was just them. And then so when we went to Jacasa and got to see the hot rods, I was, I'm like, this is the ticket right here. Like, yeah, wow. You gotta give people, you gotta give people a taste of what you do, and and for us weekend. And Clint didn't need much convincing. He likes putting on big events. You get someone into the door that's a stock car fan and you show them sprint car racing. Oh, I, yeah. I, I think they're going to come back. Yeah. Um, that's you know part the, of it. I've never been to a dirt track and no. I, I want to see stuff other than the stock cars. Like we, we beat the drum of being fans and students of racing. We, we were kind of hoping to broaden our horizons this summer <laughs> and, uh, Hopefully we can do that because man, like the sprints, like we watch the, you see them on the internet, like the power yeah. to weight ratio. I mean, the, those drivers are wheeling yeah, and, we think, and they can be pretty hateful. <laughs> yeah, we think, the, we think our drivers are crazy. No, 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 Those, <laughs> those drivers are crazy. <laughs> yeah. They've got some, they've got some nerve. They've got some nerve and that, that's what it's about. It's about getting out there and seeing something you haven't seen and, and taking in a great show. Well, and th- th- there's opportunities, you know, Graydon and I have talked about the, the NASCAR um, back in the day. They did this summer shootout where they'd have some names from the NASCAR. Uh, back in the day, I believe it was the Winston Cup guys that would come up and race. But there's possible like crossovers here because I think there's a ton of dirt guys that would be that would love to try this out. We've seen, obviously, I know Stuart Friesen was, was originally going to be part of this. Um, I think you could get names like uh, Rico Abreu, potentially. Hell, throw it right out there Haley Deegan on dirt I mean uh-huh. there's options galore um you know so we've got a lot of press and we're really really excited and hopeful for that in 2021 yeah yeah us as well yeah so uh well <laughs> we could probably talk for four hours but we're, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna end it here um Adam we really want to thank you um for coming aboard the fans fan side train uh, right early into our our infancy of the podcast, and uh, it was really really nice to have you on here. I appreciate it so much, guys. Thanks for the invitation, anytime. And as I say, you know, as long as you got the passion for it, keep on doing it because you're doing the sport a great service.
man thanks so much adam uh as we said uh it's you made this so much fun to do uh just hearing you uh tell some of these stories i was on the edge of my seat so uh, uh on behalf of my boys too uh, uh we can't thank you enough for for coming on with us and uh uh i hope we get to see you in person next year i i hope so as well i hope so as well and if we don't like i say dial me up you guys know where to find me absolutely i'm, uh, I'm never at a loss for words at least not so far so <laughs> I'm, ha- I'm happy to offer those up thanks very awesome. much man so yeah have a great night guys all the best and as I say, don't don't be strangers, please. Absolutely not. This is an, an honor. So thank you, uh, Adam Ross, joining us on Fanside for RaceCanada.world. Thanks for listening, race fans. Time to enjoy some wings and some racing. We'll catch you next week on Race Canada Fanside. On Race Canada Fanside. Don't forget, you can find Cam on social media at Cam K Racing. At Cam K Racing. Or Graydon on Twitter at, at Smooth, Smooth Operator. Operator.